This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Welcome back, everybody. This episode is actually going to kick off our month on oncology, and these cases have been written by our good friend Sam DeMarsh, who is joining us today. Super excited, guys. This is going to be the best month ever. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and just dive right in. So a four-year-old male is brought to his pediatrician due to concern for fevers and now refusal to walk. His mother has been checking his temperature for the past week since she noticed his energy levels were lower and he was not wanting to eat. During the same time period, he has complained of pain in his legs, especially at night, and this has led to him refusing to walk in the morning. On exam today, he is tachycardic, tachypnic, and overall tired appearing. You appreciate hepatosplenomegaly on exam, as well as ecchymosis and petechiae on his extremities, and he pushes you away repeatedly when you try to palpate his legs. Anticipating the most likely diagnosis for this patient, which clinical features would be consistent with a poor prognosis? A, male gender and age greater than one year old. B, a white blood cell count of 60,000 and male gender. C, testicular disease involvement and age greater than one year old. D, CNS disease involvement and a white blood cell count greater than 60,000. Or E, a white blood cell count of 40,000 and testicular disease involvement. Take some time and think about your answers. All right, so let's talk about this case. As you guys probably inferred, it's talking about pediatric leukemia. While it cannot be distinctly determined from the information presented if it's lymphocytic or ALL or myelogenous leukemia, AML, ALL is much more common in this age group and is the most common pediatric malignancy. Leukemia in childhood often presents with fevers, bone pains, and the quintessential limp or refusal to walk due to malignant bone marrow infiltration. On physical exam, you might see neurologic manifestations if there are CNS involvement or palpate hepatosplenomegaly or lymphadenopathy due to leukemic cell infiltration as well. On workup, CBC will show cytopenia, such as can be suspected in this patient with fatigue, possibly related to anemia, bruising and petechiae, which is an indication of thrombocytopenia, or infection, which is usually due to leukopenia. There are certain features that have been shown to be associated with a poor prognosis in children diagnosed with ALL. Prognostic factors appear to be more important in ALL compared to AML, and these features include age at diagnosis, initial white blood cell count, ALL subtype, involvement of the CNS and testicles in males, ploidy, chromosomal changes, and response to initial treatment. The first two of these factors, age and white blood cell count, are the most important and are the only two that determine which risk group, either low, standard, or high, that a patient will ultimately be in. Answer choice D contains the two poor prognostic factors and is thus the correct answer. So let's walk through each of these and what those criteria are. The first criteria is age at diagnosis. Ages less than one year old or greater than 10 years old are poor prognostic factors compared to the middle range between the two. 
The second criteria is white blood cell count. A white blood cell count greater than 50,000 at diagnosis puts the patient at higher risk and requires a more intense treatment regimen. The third criteria is subtype. Early B ALL subtype does better than mature B leukemia. With intense treatment, T-cell has similar outcomes to B ALL. So the fourth criteria is CNS and testicular disease involvement. This status is very important for treatment planning and determining prognosis. A good neurologic and testicular exam is incredibly important in these kiddos. Although it was an answer choice, gender is not used as one of the poor prognostic indicators. While girls may have a slightly higher cure rate than boys, this has become less so recently. So while our case didn't specifically address these remaining criteria, it's important that we go ahead and talk about them. So the first extra criteria to touch on is ploidy of the leukemia cells. Remember that ploidy refers to the number of chromosomes. Hyperdiploidy has a better outcome than euploidy or hypodiploidy, especially if present with chromosomes 4, 10, or 17. The next criteria is translocations. Translocation 1221 has a favorable prognosis. 922 or 411 have less favorable prognoses. ETV6 RunX1 rearrangement or transposition 2122, P13, and Q22 is the most common recurrent genetic abnormality and has a very favorable prognosis. The third extra criteria is minimal residual disease, or MRD. If cancer goes into remission within the first one to two weeks with less than 0.01% MRD on day 29, this is a very favorable outcome. Well, that was sure a lot about leukemia. We're going to catch you guys next week for our next episode about oncology. And in the meantime, go ahead and check out our website, portablepeds.com, or connect with us on social media at Portable Peds. See you guys next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>